singers and diet peters welcome you to another broadcast of what's new we return today to matthew chapter 25 moving on to verses 31 through 46 the parable of the sheep and goats this parable speaks of a judgment against the gentiles based on how they treated the jews during the tribulation it will occur at the beginning of the millennial kingdom here is what matthew writes When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all of his angels with him, he will sit in state on his throne with all the nations gathered before him. He will separate men into two groups, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, You have my Father's blessing. Come, enter in and possess the kingdom that has been ready for you since the world was made. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was a stranger, you took me into your home. When naked, you clothed me. When I was ill, you came to my help. When in prison, you visited me. Then the righteous will reply, Lord, When was it that we saw you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink, a stranger and took you into our home, or naked and clothed you? When did we see you ill or in prison and come to visit you? And the king will answer, I tell you this, anything you did for one of my brothers here, however humble, you did for me. Then he will say to those, on his left hand, the curse is upon you. Go from my sight into the eternal fire that is ready for the devil and his angels. For when I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. When thirsty, nothing to drink. When I was a stranger, you gave me no home. When naked, you did not clothe me. When I was ill and in prison, you did not come to my help. And they too will reply, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and did not do anything for you? And he will answer, I tell you this, anything you did not do for one of these, however humble, you did not do for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment. But the righteous will enter eternal life. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest power and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair, the down with care, God gave. His son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore 
saints and angels song. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure, the saints and We will begin to look at this parable today and return here on our next study. Now, here is Pastor Henry Harder. Many things will happen, as I have earlier indicated, when Jesus Christ returns to judge sin, sinners, and to begin his utopia, his righteous rule on earth. The period of intense suffering of Jews and Christians just preceding the Lord's return will come to a close climactically. Although the wars and bloodshed, as well as other factors, will have depleted the population, there are still many people living on this globe at the time of his return. What about those living people? Jesus has spoken about the Jews, his own race, in previous parables in Matthew 25. Now in verses 31 to 46, Jesus speaks about the Gentiles, those living when the Lord returns. What happens to them? Clearly there will be a judgment and a separation of the saved and the lost, those having the life of Christ and those who don't. This is not the judgment which in the book of Revelation is called the great white throne judgment. That event follows Christ's rule on earth, and it is for unbelievers only. So Jesus, having just spoken about the judgment of Jews, now turns to the Gentiles. He says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on the throne of heavenly glory. All the nations, or Gentiles, will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. That's chapter 25, 31 to 33. It seems to me that these words are clear. Jesus is not speaking here about the coming of the Lord for his church. That has already occurred before these closing years. This is his return, not to take his bride to himself, but to judge sin, to pass sentence, and to establish his rule. With him are the angels, and before him are gathered all Gentiles as individuals. This is not a judgment of nations, but of individuals, the people at the end of the tribulation who are left alive. The believers who have received the eternal life of Christ, Jesus calls sheep, and those who haven't, he calls goats. The sheep go to his right, the goats to his left. Shepherds actually did separate sheep from the goats when nightfall came. The goats needed to huddle together at night for warmth. The sheep didn't. Now the question is, on what basis does the Lord separate the sheep from the goats? Jesus continues, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. 
I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. In this account of Jesus, these people questioned whether they really did those things. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger, sick, and in prison? Evidently, they feel that they don't deserve such recognition. Then Jesus said these words, The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. To keep these words in the context of chapter 24 and 25, the brothers of the Lord must be those of his own race, the Jews. As I have indicated in previous programs, toward the end of history, Satan will make another concentrated effort to annihilate the Jews in order to thwart God's plan and so that Christ will not have a kingdom over which to rule. Satan tried to kill the king, but God raised him up. Since then, Satan has tried to kill the king's people. The goal of ridding the world of all the Jews isn't new. It's been tried without success before. Those last few closing years of history will be terrible times for the Lord's people. It would appear from Jesus' words that believing Gentiles will give aid to those whose lives are in danger. I suppose the story of Anne Frank will be repeated many times then. The world dictator's attempts to racial extermination will not succeed. His efforts at racial extermination will be more severe than ever before, and God will use believers at the risk of their own lives to help, to hide, protect, and care for his people. It should be very clear, however, from the Scriptures, that the best efforts at humanitarian concerns never saved anyone. Man was never given eternal life as a reward for feeding the hungry, helping the sick, or visiting the imprisoned. Salvation never comes by works or good deeds. This passage has often been misunderstood in this regard. While humanitarian efforts are good and proper and should be engaged in by every follower of Christ, such efforts do not bring salvation and eternal life. The Bible is clear. Eternal life is a gift. It is never a reward for doing good. Salvation is given in response to an act of receiving God's Son, our Savior's sacrifice for us. These sheep, evidence their saving faith by their deeds. I'll come back to this tomorrow when I'll focus on the goats. By application, these things are relevant to believers in any age. Faith in the work of Christ on the cross is the basis of man's salvation, and humanitarian efforts are the result. Sunsets and seasons and streams like our dreams come and go. But He is the peace in our lives that survives, for we know He is forever and ever and ever will cease. He is the Lord of peace. He is forever and ever and ever will cease. Our never. Yeah.
of Creative Encounters. Her mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.